This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The Wednesday week. Five friends, one football club. And about six jokes they just repeat over and over and over and over and over. Hello and welcome to the Wednesday week, the Sheffield Wednesday fans podcast. I'm James. Uh, we are brought to you by our lovely friends at the Riverside Cafe. Speaking of lovely friends, look who that is there. It's Victoria. Hello. Oh, that's nice. You sound a little bit bunged up. You all right? Have you had a snooze? Uh, yeah, I, I literally, I was asleep until 10 minutes ago. Um, so I oh. apologise. This is this is what, yeah, this is this is like what, you know, James Marriott first thing in the morning sounds like, as you know from our many beautiful mornings that we've had together. Uh... <laughs> Don't, because this is ruining my Tinder game, James. I've got a bone to pick with you. The amount of people that have now asked me, if uh, if like it's awkward being on a podcast with you because obviously we used to go out with each other. Come like <laughs> you're ruining my life. Stop it. And then telling people that we wake up next to each other. I mean, sometimes well, it was, only, it was oh, only for a week. It was in that time you wore a bikini. Shit got weird. Shit got yeah. weird. We went through a lot of emotions in the space of um, seven days, didn't we? Um, someone I've definitely not seen first thing in the morning, not for a long time anyway, is Eddie. How are you doing? Yeah, I miss those days. You know, I I don't know what went wrong between us. I used, in the morning, you were always very, very bright and breezy. And, um, and maybe the fact that we don't do that anymore has changed you. But um, I still feel that I've got something to offer. So if, if you're on a sleepover, <laughs> always around, at Sausage Arms on the Twitter. Um, hi, evening. I feel like I'm not going to tweet you to see if you want to get naked together or something. That would, that would be strange. Oh, right. Oh, too big for that now. DMs. All right, all right then. Uh, right, we've got plenty to talk about in this week's podcast because uh, we've been away for a little while. So um, let's jump in. Let's let's talk about some football. Let's talk about the uh, Rotherham game. 
which was a, a very weird game. It feels like it was for a game that was relatively kind of boring. There's a lot for us to talk about because plenty happened. So. Oh, it's still so funny though, isn't it? I still I still have a good chuckle at it. My poor friend Will thought he was so funny up until the hundred and whatever minute. Oh. <laughs> it was it was literally one hundred minutes, wasn't it? Which is. Was it was it like a week or a couple of weeks before that Leeds did exactly the same thing where they equalised in the hundredth minute? Yeah. And you're thinking, there's only Leeds, isn't there? There's only Leeds in that league that would do it, and then, and then we go and do it. But let's let's just let's kind of rewind a little bit to start with, and um, uh, let's think about team selection. So Eddie, your what was your reaction at ridiculous o'clock in the morning when the uh, teams were announced due to the uh, lunchtime <laughs> kickoff? In all seriousness, I'd completely forgotten that it was such an early kickoff. And so uh, I was still doing the kind of Saturday morning, uh, taking my son to uh, to his football training, um, you know, going going into town, doing my errands and all this sort of stuff. Uh, got back and I thought, I'll oh, just, uh, just check the old social media, see what's going you on. You sound there. like a 60-year-old woman. I know, but that's what that's now what my Saturday mornings are. I've got jobs to do. I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to try and bring the next generation of, uh, of of Wednesday fans through, and and that involves them playing football. And then I have to fit in trips to butchers, bakers, and candlestick makers. So I was doing all of that sort of business. Got back, uh, and it was basically already kickoff by the time this was happening. So I was like, oh wow, uh, right, okay, now it's it's time to go. So it was a a quick. Uh, get the old I follow going um, because obviously I don't live in England. Um, I am in a different geographical region and therefore don't use a VPN to watch Skiing. I follow. Skiing. Nobody would do, nobody would do that. Um, yeah, I, I think we probably picked uh, again our form team, didn't we? It was a, there was no reason for us to change things massively. We We picked the best team for an away game albeit a derby um and so I, there were no surprises there as far as i was concerned it, it was a lot more balanced wasn't it because we got rid of you know we, we uh, that that kind of attempt to play Pelli in the team in the millwall game and bannon playing wide which just didn't really work and um kind of switching it back so it was a, a more sort of balanced Lineup, it, it kind of made sense. You got a couple of players that were clearly kind of wide players. Um, yeah, Vic, your thoughts on uh, on the the setup as kind of the game was was kicking off and um, and as as it was unfolding. Yeah, I mean, I was I was reasonably happy with it. Like I said, I mean, it's a, it looked like a good informed side. Um, there, there wasn't I wasn't surprised about any of it to be honest. Um, I. I know a lot of people are calling for the new boys to come straight in and whatever else, but no. I kind of I, I I kind of like the fact that Bruce isn't just, you know, like making his mark in that way so far. You know, these guys, yeah, all right, they've had a pretty shit season, let's be honest. But there's there's also been key reasons for that. And I think I think it like fine. <laughs> whatever. We've been choose who you want. We've been there so, before, haven't we? If we think back to the kind of the you know the pre uh, you know Dave Jones era, uh, we used to do this all the time, didn't we? Which was things weren't going well. We'll get some players on loan. They're straight in the side, and the expectation is they're going to drag us kicking and screaming to three points. 
I, it is quite refreshing, Vic, isn't it? That um, we've got these guys who are, you know, Premier League pedigree, albeit not regularly playing, uh, and they're there to fulfil a job. They're not there as a kind of like golden boys to come in and, um, you know, you guys are all rubbish. We've got these lads in who are going to make you look better. We're, we're so far past that. It's they're they're all role players and there are things that they'll be great at and there's things that they are probably not ready for. So I, I think it would have been madness to to throw two or three of these new players into an away game in a derby atmosphere um, you know, so soon after they've arrived. Is it a derby? Oh, I don't want to get bitter here, but is it a derby atmosphere <laughs> with 12 fans? Is it? I mean... <laughs> I've had more people around for dinner. It's just Derby atmosphere. It's fucking Rotherham. It's one road away and it's one road in and one road out. And that says a lot about a place. I'm sorry. Derby, I, I get it that it's nearby, but for me, it's not a Derby at all. Um, yeah, I don't, this is... I mean, it, it is it is so ridiculously close to us. Of course, it's a derby. I think it's. I I've always yeah, thought. But it's not in that. Like, eh, it's not. It's like we've got we've got kind of big man syndrome here, where we're like, oh, we're just so not bothered about it. We're just not bothered about it. But we're, we're so literally not. not about it whenever anyone shit. says it's a derby, we've got to be like, no, but we're not bothered about. It. They're bothered about it, but we're not bothered. Their about Primark it. is the same size as my local Tesco Metro. Like Rotherham is shit. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> All that Rotherham is good for, right, is my friend owns a brilliant salon there. If anyone ever needs a beauty salon, let me know. And there's a place that you can go and try on wedding dresses and not buy them. That's the only reason that anybody goes to Rotherham. I'm sorry, no, boom, done. Well, I'm sure property values in Rotherham have just dropped 10% in the course of that little rant. Yeah. Uh, a, a damning, <laughs> a damning wait to these shares have gone through the roof. They, uh, You know what? They... When Wednesday fans as a whole, they may regard it as a, a, a step below. You know, it's it's the same as when we play Barnsley. It's the same as when we play Donny. It's the same as when we play Chesterfield, as if we'll ever play them again. Um, but to to Wednesday fans who live in, you know, even on that side of, of Sheffield, let alone across the Tinsley Viaduct, it, it means something. And to the Rotherham fans, it is their cup finally. It always has been. It always will be. So the atmosphere was always going to be like that. And you know what? We, I think Wednesday fans have gone, well, it's pretty mad how we always get these games against Rotherham. The fact that it is a derby and that it means so much to the home fans, it must have an impact because that game was as absolutely knockdown, drag out, madcap as any game that we've had against Rotherham and I include the last time that we were we were down there with the you know the three tour and Kieran Lee and blah 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 why does it keep happening here if not elsewhere why do we not do this on a Tuesday night at Ipswich it was a crazy ass game wasn't it and it's like you sort of to, to try and reflect on it, it's really hard because you know I, I think back to that first half and in my head I thought first half it was kind of men against boys we, yeah. we we looked really good. We were playing some really nice football, and I remember standing there thinking, "This this this lot, uh, uh, it will be a miracle if they stay in the league because they just don't have any quality." 
Um, and I think we kind of saw what they have got, which is a bit of fighting spirit and that they have got a real kind of team spirit about them. But to take that one step at a time, I mean, Eddie, would, would you agree with that, that we, you know, we were really, uh, we were really on top first half when we went 1-0 up. That should have been, you know, kind of the the start of, um, you know, us really taking a, a foothold in that game. And the fact that we actually went in at, at half-time at 1-1 was a bit of a travesty. The, this, the interesting thing was, for the first half an hour, I was obviously watching the game, but keeping up with what the Wednesday fans were saying um, on Twitter, etc. And, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, Rotherham were getting into really attacking positions. They were giving themselves chances, and a, a much better team would have caused us many more problems. But the difference in class was literally night and day for that first half. For the first half an hour, it was crazy. Uh and so there was no surprise when we got on the score sheet. And, and you know, a little bit of luck in the sense that the um, there was a mix-up between the two uh, Rotherham defenders. Um, Adam Reach, you know, got onto the ball, managed to drag it past that last defender, which gave him a, a really, really easy cutback. Uh, and, and the Fessy doesn't miss those, and that's absolutely fantastic. Um, 1-0 felt exactly how it should have been, given that we were showing quite a bit of quality but we have the same problems going forward in that we don't have that that killer instinct at the moment so yeah one nil felt absolutely perfect literally within 30 seconds that was absolutely ripped to pieces because we got another example of wednesday's defending um that usually happens in the first couple of minutes of the second half you know they were obviously thinking you know let's let's get this out of the way before the second half starts and we got Another missed assignment, no marking, a, a first-time finish that Kieran Westwood, you know, you can't fault him for it. There's no way that he should be getting to that ball because there's a guy getting a, a, a free volley at 10 yards out. So, uh, yes, it felt like a travesty, but you know what? It felt like typical Wednesday. The fact that it was the 39th minute as opposed to the 46th minute probably doesn't change anything. It was the usual. We, I think our squad and our team feels like um, we've worked really hard. We've got our just rewards. Let's switch off for a minute. And we, we just get hammered every time. And it's Steve Bruce should be the sort of manager, the sort of coach to beat that out of a team because that is, it's unforgivable to, to get the advantage through a lot of hard work and then to throw it away within a minute. Yeah, it is very, very Wednesday, isn't it? Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of kind of singling out um, particular players for um, giving them stick or anything like that. But I, I, I feel like, uh, and I feel that if 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 he was sat here now, he'd be fine with us doing this because he's a guy that will hold his hands up when he has a bad game, and he you know, he's, he's definitely got a mistake in it. We've seen it what, two or three times. I thought that Sassy was the first time that we saw um, a player of obvious class like Michael Hector, who just had a nightmare, pretty much beginning to end. Every, yeah. he, he seemed to just yeah. lose the ability to do the real simple things that a footballer can do. A bit like, we, we all have those days at work where it just doesn't matter what key you press on your keyboard, it's just everything goes wrong. Um, and that was that was his day on, um, on, on Saturday. That's not to say the first goal was entirely his fault, 
but if you're going to pinpoint anyone I think that it probably would be Hector um, no doubt second goal that Hector was just you know he just had leave of his centres didn't he and um, you know that's the situation <laughs> that we um, uh, that we end up in um <sighs> Uh, Vic, I mean, like you know, across across the park, there wasn't anyone that looked particularly amazing. There were a few people that didn't have fantastic games, and you know, Hector's obviously the kind of the prime example of um, of, of that. Who did you kind of pick up on as you know, kind of playing well or or otherwise? Um, I mean, like you said, there, there wasn't really anybody, was there? I think uh, Sammy did a great job as he usually does. I think he's just. He's your reliable man, isn't he? As long as he's not got his glass knees on, he's he's there and he's he's good to go. Um, but yeah, Hector, I, I feel like when my mum found out that I smoked when I was about 15 and you say, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. And that's how I was. I wasn't angry at him. And I tweeted just saying it shows how everything goes to shit when Hector's gone shit. And I got so much abuse. And I was like, I'm not abusing Hector. I'm actually pointing out that he is like the spine of our team. He is our backbone. If he has a poor game, we go to shit. Um, and that that both worries me and encourages me if we did sign him. Um, in the fact that, you know, you can build a team around him. But yeah, I would... Hector, um, sorry, Sammy did all right. Um, I don't think Palmer had a particularly bad game. Um, I think he did okay. Yeah, he was good. Um, other than that, I think forwards were poor. Um, I think Fessy was it, any game now. I think you know, when you have a player like Fernando, you're always going to get he's just going to be out there, isn't he? People are just going to be there to either break his legs or get him sent off. And hey ho, look what happened. Um, <laughs> although it was one of our own fans, um, but it, <laughs> there was there was nobody, was there, that just stood out. There was nobody that even came on and looked amazing. There was just, there was nothing really about it. It was a very average game, really. The only bonus being that it was a oh, derby. Um, other than that, yeah. <laughs> I, so I'd say, I'd say Sammy and I'd say Palmer. I think Palmer's had a bad rap for a long time. Uh, and Thornley, actually. Thornley did all right. Um, he had a couple of mistakes in him as well, but... It's one of those games, isn't it? Until yeah, until he legitimately, you know, he was dead in a coma. Uh, you know, the, the Grim Reaper had come for him. That was that. awful. I hate that. Was, that. Oh my I hate geez, seeing people knocked out. I must spend two hundred, three hundred pounds a year watching boxing on box office, and I still hate watching people get knocked out. I just can't deal with it. It's just awful. Just... Oh yeah, God! Oh, it went through me. Very scary and, and and obviously, it's ironic that that scary moment probably contributed massively to the amount of injury time that we then needed. Um, I think you're absolutely right, Vic, that that was the definition of an average performance. So I think with you know with those sort of performances, you've got to look at where players are trending. You know, so we look at the last few games and. The, the, the key impact players, you know, your, your Barry Bannons, your Adam Reaches had been trending down. Their performance has been under par. I think one of the most encouraging things was that both of them had um, upwards trending performances. I think uh, if we're going to pick players who had, you know, man of the match candidate candidates, etc. I actually think the two fullbacks, I think um, Morgan Fox had another really, really solid game and his performances have been 
amongst the most consistent and amongst the best that we've seen over the last six games, and that should be recognised. I think Liam Palmer had a really good game. You know, it's really easy to point at Michael Hector and say he had comfortably his worst game in a Wednesday shirt. Um, but when you have that, that, that job to do, when you are almost carrying that defence on your shoulders. And we, we're really guilty of it as Wednesday fans because we kind of have these iconic players who, you know, we kind of gravitate towards. You know, you think about when Emerson Tome came in, he became, you know, Paolo Maldini in his prime. We had um, Majid Bagheera and he was, you know, this incredible box-to-box defender who, who did everything. Michael Hector had kind of inspired that confidence in the Wednesday fans. So when he has one bad game, everyone goes, oh, he's a, oh, Hector's been shit today. Actually, he wasn't, but he takes responsibility for that defence. And he was trying to do the right thing and cover for players that probably were out of position. Um, and on other days, he would have looked like the hero. On Saturday, he kind of looked like the villain. Um, and so I don't think it's a it, it's reflecting that he's dropping off as a player or is it performances are, uh, are, are dropping off. He'll he'll be back. He's probably the one that's kicking his, his own ass about that more than anything because even though he was there to try and do the job, he didn't execute the way that he wanted to. But um, overall, the back five, even though we conceded two goals, I think we're still very, very solid there. And if we've got questions, those questions need to be, what do we do to reliably create and put away chances yeah I think fair points and um, as I kind of said at the beginning of it I think that you know Michael Hector will be the first to put his hand up and say yep wasn't good. He, he he literally did it on Twitter, didn't he? Where he, you know, he he was very quick to say that he wasn't good enough, and um, you know, I don't think we kind of need to feel particularly bad for um for 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 saying that because um, you know, I don't think he takes these things too personally. Um, I I kind of want to just gloss over a lot of the second half because a lot of it was a bit shit. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna skip through lots and lots of stuff. We're gonna go right the way through, um, to um kind of 99 minutes and a few seconds um, and, and what ensued from from there on, which I must admit from the stands, it was all a bit chaotic and I don't remember a lot. It went a bit crazy. Um, what what was it? I've, I've actually not even watched it back, to be honest. So I can't tell you much about the goal other than the fact it was right bang in front of us um, and it seemed like a proper kind of good old fashioned goal mouth scramble and somehow um, Iorfa which was maybe his third touch of the ball in a Wednesday shirt just belts it into the back of the net something like something like that what, what was it Vic is that how you kind of saw it? it it kind of looked like it hit him do you remember that goal that I think it was, was it Steve McLean scored it? Was it Chesterfield away when we're in that shitty greeny grey strip, Napoleon strip? Oh, and it just kind of hit him and like went in. And I, honestly, oh, a lot went up in my front room, um, obviously listening to it on the radio. Um, and it was just, yeah, it, it was a proper goal mouth scramble needed to go in, was always going to go in. If it had been any other team, we'd been watching it on Super Sunday because that's that's always going to go in. That that Every time, that is a classic 100th minute goal or whatever. The fact that it's Wednesday kind of dampens your odds a bit with that, doesn't it? But it went in and oh, 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 a cup of tea went everywhere. Honestly, I was eating a flake at the time. 
choked on that. It was just wild scenes on a Saturday. <laughs> Choking on your flake. This is like Anthea Turner's wedding all over again. This is weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> But um, you might be too young. Ed, Ed, Eddie will be old enough to remember Anthea Turner's wedding and the old snowflake incident. I remember she, yeah, she uh, she sold her wedding, the oh, the the photographs for her wedding, um, for like a million pounds, and all her wedding photos, the happiest day of her life. Let's not forget, uh, was her basically munching on some like Cadbury's chocolate, wasn't it? Ridiculous. I used to love a snowflake. They were beautiful. Oh, yeah, there were, it was white chocolate on the inside and then milk chocolate on the outside. Yes, the wibbly bit was white and yeah. the outside was milk chocolate. Oh, they were just Why did they never catch on? It was, uh, do you know what? Anthea Turner actually ruined know. that chocolate bar because... Because of Anthea Turner. Yeah, it was all Anthea Turner's <laughs> And they were, they were better fault. than a normal flake because a normal flake, like that one I had the other day, it just gets everywhere. It's not a clean, easy chocolate bar to eat. It's just crumbly crumbliest flaky as chocolate isn't it um but the snowflake had the outer coating that just kept everything compact and it was a bit like kinder chocolate you, know, you get a kinder egg and it's the mixture of white oh look anthea turner oh. paid a million pounds for this we, you are doing this for free you are literally how do you know but it how do you know that anymore. i'm doing this for free Right. You can't, you How can't, do you know that I'm doing this for free? Maybe right now I am eating my snowflake whilst snorting some Cadbury's Astros and laying in a bath of Maltesers, right? Maybe. And maybe I'm going to have a drink at the Riverside Cafe. I'm just saying, maybe I take sponsorship on board. Um, I would Duh. I would uh, eat a snowflake and drink a pint of finest beer at the Riverside Cafe anytime. I wouldn't need a million pounds for that. I'd pay a million pounds to do it because it's such a great experience. Um, but to drag this entire question back to what the hell happened in 99.9 minutes of the game, um, for those that were there, I don't think anybody saw it because it was just an absolute mental clusterfuck of every emotion going on. People jumping up and down, uh, kind of getting involved with it. For those who was watching on TV... Um, they did the kind of, right, we need to do the Channel 5 bit of show the goal and then randomly zoom off to uh, see Steve Bruce's reaction <laughs> and then randomly zoom off to the centre circle and get refocused for the kickoff. So you didn't see anything at all until about a minute later, by which point all the Wednesday team were walking back to the centre circle and Fessy Nando emerging... Got yeah. <laughs> From the away end, it's with true. a guy attached to him, right? Um, and uh, and Rob O'Neill and John Pearson, who had obviously, you know, they were waxing lyrical about what an amazing uh, finish it was, and, and and well should they. Their first uh, reaction was that Fessy was getting attacked by a fan, presumably a Rotherham fan, in the same sense of a um, you know of, of Leeds fans getting onto the pitch and attacking Wednesday players. Um, and it became quite apparent after that that Fessy had basically dragged the guy out of the crowd to celebrate with and was trying to give him a high five. But you didn't see any of that on the highlights. So I don't think anyone who was there got an accurate view of what was going on. And nobody that was watching it on iFollow or on the highlights later um, got anything else. So 
the referee is probably the only person who had a uh, a, a full and comprehensive view of what happened, and he decided that over celebrating is a yellow card, and that was Fessy's second yellow, and therefore it's a red. I I I don't know whether I agree with it, um, but d- let's I just, can understand. No. By the, by the letter of the law, I can understand bollocks. the thought. Bollocks, can you understand? Right, <laughs> somebody tweeted page eight of like the shitty referral, uh, refer, blue, blue, referral, referee rule, handbook. rules. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you broke uh, yes, the referee I, I will be, I will be judging this game. I have studied the referee rules. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> God, oh, two gin cocktails, and I am done. Um, so anyway, somebody, oh, Calvin Harris is on the Brit Award, he is good. Um, somebody tweeted, like, page eight of the referrals, and it says, basically, if you jump, if you remove your shirt above your head, like, whatevs, like, stop ruining it for the girls that go, we've got washing up to do at home. Um, and two, if you go into the crowd, right, he didn't go into the crowd, the crowd came, like, onto the pitch. That is not a sending off. I'm sorry, it's not even a booking. It's not even a Fernando. That's a very naughty boy. It's nothing. So, no, no, absolutely not. Not happy with that at all. And I think that shows by the reaction that has come from Sky Sports since, by the reaction that's come from BT Sports since, and then obviously it happened in the, was it Celtic game the other day? And people have started kicking off now. He did actually run into the crowd, to be fair, but still ridiculous sending off. Um, But... People have argued against it, and the FA has come out and said, "Oh, actually, no, just the one match ban. Like to try and shut us up. We should. I, I want to start a picket line. Um, I want to. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm not happy. One match. It's still not good enough. But at least that does mean, James, just to link into your next bit, Nando's going to start his first ever Sheffield derby. Uh, it, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, I, I not, I not, um, kind of tracked it through that far ahead, but um. Yeah, I mean, I guess even if it was a two-match ban, it'd still be um, be all right for the derby. In actual fact, the fact that it is only a one-match ban means there's still a game where he can get himself sent off to uh, to not play in the Sheffield derby. So don't <laughs> yeah, there is that. Or, or break his ankle like he does at Christmas. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I wasn't following all that. I was, I was watching a video of Anthea Turner getting a hair set on fire um, during an episode of right. Blue Peter. It was great fun. <laughs> I uh, swear to God. Yeah, I mean, look. All right, so um, the it it was the 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 Nando thing is weird. So he initially celebrated. So I was to the uh, to the right of the goal. So if you if you're looking at the goal, I was on the left. So to the right of the goal, as we were in the right. in the stand. So um, Fessy celebrated in front of us. Um, not not terribly dissimilar to his celebration at Forest a few years ago, where he Forest. didn't get into yeah. the crowd, but he celebrated with some of the crowd. Um, and then you know we continue celebrating. He's gone. The next thing you look over, and he's kind of celebrating on the other side of the the net with the fans that are on the <laughs> left hand side. Um, and and I see the referee. So the referee points to where we are, and then points to the other side of the net where he was, and kind of indicated that he thought that he'd celebrated with two different sets of fans, and that that was what he was uh, annoyed about was that it was it was stopping the restart of the game or <clears> something. And I get the wording yeah. of the rules and all this kind of stuff about over-celebration and 
whatever. Right. Here's the thing that I don't, that, that just bemuses me about the whole thing is that when all this dies down and calms down, what happens is that we eventually end up back at the centre circle, Rotherham take the kickoff, and less than a second after they kick the ball, the game ends. It's full time. So it doesn't. It's not like we've caused a great kind of delay in the or anything like that. Like the, it was the last kick of the game. So I don't understand what it, it particularly matters that it delayed the restart of the game or anything like that. It's like it was that was it. The last kick of the game was the ball going in the back of the net. What we could have celebrated for half an hour. What would it matter? It was the last kick of the game. It just seems like. <laughs> the most petty stupid pathetic thing but the referee was terrible wasn't he and and I don't you know was d- did you see that any different Eddie the referee was just terrible no he no he was he was absolutely awful in virtually every respect you know look any Wednesday fan who has been on any social media since Saturday has seen um, video evidence of how awful the referee was because he literally refused to penalise some of the worst challenges that I've ever seen on a football pitch. Um, yet he was absolutely terrible. I don't know whether I'm now officially an old curmudgeonly man, but um, I don't see why Fessy needed to celebrate with two different parts of the, the Wednesday crowd. I know he bloody loves it, and I probably would do the same thing, but I think you can absolutely expect to get booked for having a two-minute-long celebration um, in any in any circumstance that isn't, you know, Aguero scoring for Man City to win the title in the 92nd minute or whatever it was. Even, even Aguero didn't celebrate that long for his goal. So I can understand it. I don't think there should be a booking necessarily for being a bit of a dick. But if I'm honest, I think Fessy was being a little bit giddy there. And I think he can probably, you can probably say he was being a bit of a dick. And so even if the rules don't state that he should be booked for being a bit of a dick, I can understand why the referee would do that. In every other respect, that referee was absolutely terrible and and got nothing right the entire game. Okay, fair. Um, I reckon we put the Rotherham game to bed now, um, and let's um, uh, let's move on actually to something that, that I mean, this is definitely not new news, but because um, we it's, it's the first episode we've done for a couple of weeks, so it's not something we've really had chance to reflect too much on, um, and that is the departure of Catri uh, Mier as chief executive of Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Vic, I mean, you mentioned one or two times on the podcast that you kind of loved her. So, um, what's um, what's your reaction? I was shocked. Um, I was, yeah, I was shocked mainly. Um, I'd never even heard a whisper that this might be happening. Um, obviously, Steve Bruce coming in may have affected that um the fact that i've googled him since and he got rid of the physio because women have no place in football hasn't really filled me with confidence um but you know uh not going to complain too much because i've got to fill the dishwasher um but i it, it hurt to be honest because i don't see that she's ever done anything wrong here i feel like she has been victimized no matter where she's been um there was some bloke on twitter the, the amount of replies to that tweet saying, oh, what a shame she'd done really well for the club. 
It's probably five out of a hundred. He might say, that's a shame because I'd fuck her up the arse. That's probably 95 out of a hundred. And I think it just, uh, it was just, it just infuriated me. Um, I've spoken to her. She's fine. She's sad to be leaving. She's, um, yeah. So we're going to go cocktails. We're going to be fine. We're going to go bitch about whatever together. Um, I, I don't think she ever did anything wrong for this club. I genuinely think she was a breath of fresh air on the commercial side. I think her hands were tied with a lot of things. Um, and I mean, we've commented before when we talked about the um, infamous steering group when the club was put for sale and now it's absolutely not for sale. Um, it's a frustrating role to be in. Um, I, I'd be interested to know the full story. Obviously, I wouldn't tell the full story if I did know it, um, if I do or not. But yeah, um, not not great news for the club, I don't think. I think a bit of stability would do us good right now with the situation that we've been in, situation we're probably going to be in. Um, I, I don't think having the same CEO who managed to sort out the FFP situation before would be a bad thing. Uh, but, you know, I, it's not my football club, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just, yeah, perplexed by I, the whole situation. I would be so upset if the reason that she is left is because of, a, a, you know, an incompatibility that has been decided by the incoming manager. And the, the manager is absolutely vital to the health and to the ethos of a football club. But I wouldn't want to support a football club where an incoming manager decides that he will not work with a chief executive because um, that chief executive is female. Now, there may, there may be more to it than that, and I've got no idea. But all I know is that much more than not doing anything wrong, I think um, that Katrine has done an unbelievable job in keeping uh, this ship very, very steady during what has been a very, very turbulent time. Um, if we'd have had her during the days of, you know, the, the, the high court steps and the winding up orders and um the the battles over uh who owns and runs the club uh you know i don't think we'd have known anything about it by comparison i think we are in we're in choppy waters as a club and you need very very good high quality people and it's obvious that she is a preeminent a very very competent and uh and valuable chief executive for a for a football club, and I think it's a tremendous loss. I really hope that we don't regret it. Um, and if it comes out that there is any reason behind it other than the mutual uh, need, you know, the mutual agreement that they would part ways, and that Katrina is very happy with it, then I think we are a much poorer club for it. It was probably the most upset that I've been behind the scenes at Sheffield Wednesday, um, you know, since you know, maybe even before Milan Mandaric took over. I really, I do feel really strongly about it. And it's, um, I think we're a much poorer club now and we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's been a dark day as far as our club's concerned. And I, and I don't think that people have talked about it enough. 
Uh, do either of you want me to uh, talk about the need for a plan at this stage, or um, shall we move on? Do you know what I'd love to talk about, right? Um, I have just bought a ticket for Derby away, uh, literally, while you were just talking, Ed. Um, and I've got points that I forgot I'd got, James. And do you know where they're from? They are from Wolves Away. So oh. have with that what you will. <laughs> if you'd like to have a chat, that is fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I, about, I, honestly, to answer your question, you James, to, to answer your question, I never want to talk about Wolves Away. If it's all, unless unless we are talking about Wolves Away and we're in the Premier League and so are they. Um, is, there a, is there a point to discussing our need for a plan now? Is that something that Wednesday fans should engage with and should listen to um, as part of a, a, another podcast, perhaps? Well, um, we did talk about it on Al's About Stat, which came out on... Um, we recorded yeah. it on Sunday. It came out on Monday. Um, All right, you can and, plug and, yeah, one. And, and you can plug uh, one. I thought. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> uh, but there is, a, there is a serious point there. And, and actually, you know, we, I guess we were trying to find yeah. some positives to it. And maybe actually the fact that... Um, maybe this is part of a wider restructuring whereby the, the the owner is generally going to bring in someone as CEO that's going to have a wider remit and maybe is going to you know, bring in someone that um, is going to do the stuff that we need them to do and, and seeing the bigger picture and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? Because it does, it does feel like it could be a real step backwards. But if it's a step backwards to go a couple of steps forwards, then you know maybe we'll look back upon this and see it as being a positive. Um, it is kind of difficult to to see it that way at the moment. I'm with you guys on um, on that, but um, uh, the the timing of it came probably the right time to not cause a complete and utter meltdown among. Um, a, a big section of our fan base because of the fact that Steve Bruce in now and this kind of more sort of adult feel that we've got around the club maybe makes us think that maybe this is just part of kind of a bigger thing that's at play right now and um, yeah we'll, we'll know better in the next kind of few weeks and um, and months okay guys right let's move on a bit let's um uh, let's talk youth and Eddie you've been uh, following the under 23s this week uh, who uh, registered a pretty important win? <laughs> In my absence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not used to having my finger on the nub of youth, um, but this, this week I did, because <laughs> obviously it was, it was... I should probably rephrase that. Um, it, oh, no, no I'll leave it exactly it was the derby, it So it was the, the under-23 derby. So in the old days, for those of you who... Um, you know, don't re don't remember the 1980s as well as I do. Uh, we used to have a system called the reserves in a, a football club. And the reserves were a mixture of the up-and-coming young players and uh, the lads who were professional time-served but probably didn't get uh, an awful lot of time on the pitch. The under-23s is the worst misnomer in modern football because what it basically is is the exact same thing as reserve. Just throw... Uh, you know, some players who aren't getting a game in the first 11 um, in among some of your academy lads and everything's great. Um, and so we went to Bramall Lane. Uh, we beat the uh, other side of the city 2-0, which was great. And that's absolutely fantastic. If I was a Sheffield United fan and God thank everything that I'm not, 
I would say, well, of course you're going to beat us because you put out a really strong team. And we did. We put out a really, really promising team, a mix of the the best of our players. Did we play Alman Abdi? Uh, Alman was playing in goal for the first half. And then oh. he was mani- he was manager for the second half. And made Did he have a little nap with James afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, look, long story short, we we turned up ready to play. We played a really strong team with, uh, we talked about the loan signings, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, Rolando Aarons looked a class above and we dominated play. We dominated the scoreline. We walked away with a 2 0 win. Does that mean anything for the upcoming derby? Of course it does. If the under-23s win 2-0, the first will win 6-0. We all know that that's the way 12 it 12-0. I can win 12-0. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, you know what? A really pleasing performance. And it was great to see uh, that, that in the step up of... Uh, you know, getting, We talk about Rolando Aaron's playing in that game. There are players of real quality playing in that because it's a keenly contested derby, even at reserve level. The fact is that we had members of our academy set up, stepping up, playing really well, scoring goals. Um, It bodes well because the quality is obviously there. So, uh, you know, it's a bit of bragging rights, but take that away and it's actually a, a, a really good signpost for the next six months. Um, until the end of the season and you know let's see what happens if any of those players can break through yeah fair point uh, also well done to the under 18s uh, they won 6-0 against um, they won 6-0 against Crew. I'm sure the under 18s beat yeah. Crew like every other week I'm sure they're always beating Crew like 4-0 5-0 6-0 or something like Crew a lot don't they do. it's not my imagination it's like, is it? it's like the old I no, it's like the Anglo-Italian Cup of the 90s. I think we're in a, a three-team group and it's Wednesday, Crew, and Barnsley and we just rotate the entire time. <laughs> I think our the record against is, Crew this year... Did Luke Bowden score? Did Luke Bowden oh, get a hat-trick? So, but, but he, so he played in goal for the first half and then in the second <laughs> half he was manager. Uh, so, well done, Bod. Oh, hashtag in-jokes. Hashtag should have been listening three years ago. Uh, right, Vic, um, tell us about young yeah. Shay, if you would. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, just bear with me one second because I don't want to get any names wrong. Okay, so, yeah, so a little boy called Shay, who is the son of my friend Jason, who is the best mate of my cousin Scott. Um, he is walking to Hillsborough for the Derby match. Um, so he's going to walk from Bluebell Wood um, to raise money for Bluebell Wood. Um, and he's going to walk to Hillsborough. It's about 16 miles in total. It's not the first time Shay's done something like this. He's done quite a lot in the past to raise money for Bluebell Wood. Because um, his cousin is in Bluebell Wood. Uh, she has a rare chromosome disorder where she needs like around the clock care. Um, and that's where she goes for her care. So at the moment, like Shay set his target at 400 pounds. Um, and that was quite a while ago now, but it's now up to like nearly two grand. Um, 
but he's just he's super close to his cousin it's so so sweet and he really is a nice lad like he's a lovely lad um there's shay and then he's got a sister i can't remember his sister's name i'm so sorry um and his dad jason um i made his sister a mascot years and years and years ago when i worked at the club james just in case you didn't know um, but they are just such a lovely family and Jay, uh, Shay has done so much to raise money for Bluebell Wood. So please get your hands in your pockets. Um, it's via, you can look on it via the news pages on the website. Um, it's just, yeah, it's up there and it's called Shay's Big Day. Um, you can find it on there and just sponsor him, even if it's a pound or whatever, this little lad. 60 miles is a long bloody way sometimes i walk home from work and i feel like i've climbed, climbed everest and it's it's four miles downhill so <laughs> someone someone sponsor him um but yeah god bless you shay and good luck with your little walk yeah, well big walk huge walk absolutely um and yeah fantastic and the best of luck to um to shay but she used to work at the club. I mean, you should mention that more often. I didn't realise. Uh, I did. Right. Uh, Eddie. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I might not mention it again. Okay, Eddie, um, you've been finding out about um, another young fan who's been doing something special as well. Yeah, in in other uh, Wednesday young fans being an absolute boss news, uh, William Hunter, who's a sixteen-year-old uh, player, uh, Wednesday fan, but also a player for AFC Dromfield. Um, so, oh, the Dromfield! Yes! The Dromfield. He, uh, the way he describes it was he just thought he'd organise a half-term kickabout for him and his mates uh, and then thought maybe I should do it for a good cause. So what's actually now happened is that he is... Uh, the, the game is going to be played at Maltby Main Stadium. Um, that's this Friday, so the 22nd of February. Classic ground. 7th. 7 p.m. Um, and he's managed to get Terry Curran, like actual Terry Curran, to manage one side in the game. And uh, John Breakin, who those of you who used to listen to a lot of Radio Chef and Hallam FM in the 90s will remember, um, was like Rotherham United's iconic defender. He's going to manage the other side. Um, and it's going to be basically a, a match between Williams football mates, who are all pretty boss at football for 16-year-olds, and they've got a load of Wednesday-related stuff that's getting um, raffled off. So they've got shirts, match-worn shirts from Marco Matthias, uh, boots from Barry I'm Bannon, listening. Gary Hooper, Sam Winnell, Sam Hutch, Poodle, oh. uh, the big dog, the big dog Morgan Fox, uh, Boyd Thornley, Lucas Joao, Hector Westwood, Cameron Dawson. That's a, a lot of stuff. Is there anything that off. contains Adam Reach's DNA? Uh, well, uh, maybe Daniel Poodle's boot. Who knows what sort of pranks they get up to? I mean, the that's ground. a letdown. Um, that is a letdown. So, so kick off seven pm. Entries two pounds per person. Everything that they raise is going towards Matt Millen Cancer Research. So uh, uh, Matt Millen Cancer Support. Sorry. So uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Sixteen-year-old kid has basically got a kickabout together, and he's got well, you know what. Get TC in, TC or managers, that's no problem. And they've turned it into a bit of a thing. So if you are in the Maltby area, if you're a, a Wednesday fan especially, then head down there because um, I, I only see a picture of him, 
but he looks like a sort of kid who's pretty sexy at football. So he's probably he's probably all over it. There might be some decent a decent level of uh, a performance there, and he can snag some Wednesday related swag. So well done, William. Brilliant. I wish I'd have done that when I was your age. Snag some swag. I love that. That's brilliant. That's so street. You know That's the most street that you've ever been. Literally ever. <laughs> Brilliant. It's uh, with James. <laughs> right, we've got two games uh, coming up to talk about. Uh, we have uh, the visit of Swansea on uh, Saturday. I always get annoyed when we play Swansea, just for the reason that there's still people now that they tweet with the SWFC hashtag thinking that it's Swansea. And I'm like, how is that? Like, it just doesn't... What?! What, what, what? It annoys me. Right, so... Do you still follow <laughs> hashtags? Is this 2016? Like, no one clicks on a hashtag. Do they? What? Yeah. Unless Sorry, it's Mrs. like, hashtag yeah. Corbin. Ms. I don't use TweetDeck. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I don't use TweetDeck. I use Twitter.com. Well, no, you're... I don't follow hashtag. And, uh, so is it 2013 <laughs> using Twitter.com? be doing with all the fancy stuff i like twitter.com so i can just ignore it especially if i tweet something about like katrine Mir and everyone kicks off like oh fuck off back to the kitchen i just turn it off like, right swansea hashtags. swansea 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 so hashtags. so uh looks hashtag like my hashtag problem uh yeah is is there a way i can just mute you in this conversation is that not it doesn't work does yeah it? here we go uh right so uh we know definitely know fessy he's suspended um the, it, you would think after saturday it's likely that thornley is going to be out is this the game maybe that tom lees comes back yeah. in um here's just a general question right does anyone remember daniel poodle because I'm sure he was pretty good the second half of last season. And then it's like, we definitely gave him a new contract. I'm sure he's still a Sheffield Wednesday player. I've not seen or heard anything of him for like six months. He's too busy with That's his new because... girlfriend, isn't he? They've moved house. They've like got yeah. like 12 kids. Like, just no stopping him. And you, d you don't just turn up and replace Morgan Fox in the team. That We ain't playing a back five anymore. There's none of this true. three centre-backs business. You have mm. got to prove yourself against the most improved left-back in league football. No, but I'm not do, saying he's Roberto Carlos. We do need a centre-half for Saturday, though, don't we? Well, yeah, yeah. so probably. if um, Yeah, if, if Brucey's got his head screwed on, he's probably giving him a ring, isn't he? Um, you can't predict this game, though, can you? It's the Carlos derby. How can you predict a derby match like this? Everything go Form goes out the window... When it's the Carlos Derby, who knows what's going to happen? Do you know it's such a shame that this game's not on Sky because you they don't need any other pundits, do they? <laughs> they? In fact, they don't need a presenter. No. It could just be just the Carlos show. Just Carlos. Yeah. Just Michael Carlos. The pre the pre match build up. <laughs> yeah, the pre match build up would begin about now on Sky Sports Carlos channel, um, and he'd just talk about it for like four days, running up to uh, kick off on. Saturday, that would be probably like offered him a certain amount of hours in his contract, and surely, like, just in like two hours would cover the whole game, and then it'll just be done. They can just finish his contract, sign him off, done. But he's got to be, he's got to be, do some overtime. 
I see. Three. It's a three p.m. kickoff. So nine a.m. They go live. Carlos yes. puts all of the meat, all the meat on the fire on the at fire. nine. Mm-hmm. By three, it's it's ready. It's ready to eat, and then we kick off. That'll do. I would watch six hours of Carlos yeah. putting all the meat on the flyer. At 12 o'clock, there's a slight interlude where Carlos just beats the shit out of a £20 note for half an hour. Yeah. That's good. But that's, <laughs> and that's at 2.30, he goes office. to the post office to get, like, new oh, currency. <laughs> it's a great idea. None this. of that would have happened screen. So it's, I'm double sad now. Rubbish. Right. Uh, look. Uh, are we going to predict it? Do, uh, have we got any idea? Look, Swansea are 13. They're basically the exact same team as us. Yep. We're at home. Do we beat Swansea? It, it was of, of when we went into this run of games um, and we've had, you know, obviously the 2-0-0 the draws that we've had Rotherham. Uh, we, we, we did win at Ipswich. It was the one that you looked at and said on paper, probably the hardest game before we then get to the Sheffield United match, which kicks off a run of quite difficult fixtures. So Swansea was probably the hardest out of these games coming up. Uh, therefore, it's pretty nailed on that we'll win about 6-1 or something ridiculous. <laughs> it's the Wednesday way, isn't it? It's just the way that it the way that it happens. Yeah. Um, hot on the heels of that, then. So a game that should have taken place a couple of weeks back, but was uh, postponed due to FA Cup involvement. So the Brentford game is on Tuesday. I don't. I, I don't know if either of you particularly followed the um, the fortunes of Brentford this season, but they've had a real, real mixed season whereby. They started the season really well, and it looked like there might be a contender for the for the first bit of the season. Around the time you remember the the dizzy heights when we were actually in the top six when we we won uh, away at Bristol <laughs> no. City, um, and you know a, yes. a good season was actually looking a distinct possibility. At the same sort of time, Brentford were doing all right. Dean Smith left, went to Aston Villa. They brought in a new manager who I still I can't remember his name. Uh, they lost like loads of games on the trot, and it was all going wrong. And now it's all going right again and then they've sort of balanced things out a little now but um, yeah another real tough game but guys I mean two home games in the space of like three days or whatever what what how how many points are you wanting to take from those two games Vic well six obs it just it feels weird doesn't it because it feels like so long since we had a home game I don't know about you guys but I feel like I've, I've just not been um I can't I'm excited. What, what I was love... it? What was the last? Oh, it was Reading, wasn't it? I wasn't there. Yeah, so Reading. It's just for yeah. me. Yeah, it, but it just, it really does feel like ages. And I think sometimes you get into a bit of a routine with football, um, as we all know. Of, but like, there's like this point where you'll have like four home games in the space of like two weeks. And it just, it just becomes second nature. And like the people that you see at the football, like, you see them like four times in two weeks and then all of a sudden you don't see them for three weeks and it's just it's just such a weird situation i think i i find it quite difficult because it's the one time that i see my mum and dad and um, because they live like an hour away from me so they travel over to hillsborough obviously i live in hillsborough and see the uh, north stand um but they travel over to me so for me like it feels like double the amount of time without a win uh, but, sorry without a game and without a win um but yeah, it's uh, I take I take four points. I really, 
really would but i would hope i would hope that by now steve bruce has sort of you know moved his little magnets around and he's bored and he's figured out what he's going to do and i would hope that we could possibly try for six uh possibly try for four i three would be great um but if, i there's just no way of calling it at the moment is there i mean no. someone posted on our talk today like are we actually mathematically safe if you look at the league right now and you know possibly yeah um but anything can happen. And that is why, you know, we talk about it a lot on this podcast. And I think a lot of people who don't follow the championship wouldn't understand. But it is such an exciting league because anything can happen. Like literally anything. Um, but yeah, I I think we're going to get four out of them. I wouldn't be unhappy with four, to be honest. Eddie, would you take four? I, I, I'd take four. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I... I, I don't think I've got a downer on this team at the moment. I I feel like we don't have an identity at the moment. Um, I can honestly see two really, really depressing, uh, like a nil-nil and a one-all uh, coming out of this. I, I yeah. think we're yeah. in this really, we're in a quite a dangerous position at the moment where, yes, yeah. like we're not mathematically safe, but it feels like we are because there's so many terrible teams down there. But, we went away to Rotherham, who are third bottom. We could be awful. Escaped. Yeah, yeah, escaped with a point. Um, you know, look, we need we need at least nine points to be safe by conventional logic. You've got to get to 50 points in this league, don't you? Um, I, honestly, I'm not worried about relegation. Let's not even get into that discussion. That's that, that isn't happening right now. But I don't see the spark of inspiration that sees us suddenly vault up to... Um, that you know to the to the top of the chasing pack. I think the the playoffs are probably out of reach at this point. But um, you look at those teams. You know, you've Forest, Birmingham, Villa that are kind of up and about it, but can't quite make bridge that gap. For us to even get into that group, we've got to win the next two games. And I don't see any evidence that that we are going to be anything other than hard to beat. I don't see us being able to. Um, to, to beat teams, you know, to to go out there, start us to like dominate teams and be re, be confident of a victory. We might squeak one, but if I was a betting man, I would be putting my money on two draws. There's a, there is a lot of logic in what you've just said because it it's we are there's no doubt about the fact that the Steve Bruce era is we're in this for the long haul and there's probably an element of things getting worse before they get better um and that's not like it's going to get worse over like a couple of games like we've probably got six to nine months of hardship that we've got to get through before we'll see any degree of uh of seriously kind of turning things around so um it, 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 I, I i can't disagree with what you said but i'm i'm, I'm going to go with vic on this i'm going to say let's um yeah four four points i reckon we can get from these two games uh right okay that's gonna pretty much bring us to an end Vic I know you've got some any other business for tonight <laughs> I just realized you know ah don't forget yes I do so on Saturday when we play Swansea at home there is a special edition of war of the monster trucks that will be available and um, every penny of profit <laughs> made from do you know what shut up right Oh, I think it's brilliant. I, right, Vic, can you explain? There are going to be people listening to this podcast who have no idea what 
World of Monster Trucks is and what it represents to... Right. Uh, I'm not being funny. I like a younger man. If you do not understand what War of the Monster Trucks means, we can't we can't be together. I'm sorry. No, absolutely not. So anyway, there is a special edition of War of the Monster Trucks fanzine available on Saturday. Um, and every penny of profit goes to Macmillan Cancer Care, uh, or whatever they're called, Macmillan. Um, so I have written a piece in this. Um, people who've listened to this the last few years will have known that obviously I've had a pretty shitty time with my own cancer, then my dad's cancer, and then, you know, we've, we've just thrown all the drama at the fan and just let it hit us all in the face. Um so I have written a piece about my amazing daddy and that will be on sale on Saturday. So please buy it because even if you think it's awful and I, oh, just to point out now, I've had an email apologising that they have put a grammatical error in the second paragraph that wasn't my grammatical error. So yeah, that wasn't me. Um, I am also available for copywriting. Um but if you if you see it, please buy it because every penny will go towards supporting somebody like me or you or, you know, I use Macmillan when I was poorly. My dad used Macmillan when he was poorly and it will make a huge difference. So hats off to the guys who've made the fanzine this time again. Um, they do it out of the goodness of their hearts. They're just really nice blokes. And please buy it because it's a really nice story. And it, it is a new one as well. Uh, James has read it because he proofread it for me. I think Edgy might have proofread it for me as well. Um, but it isn't something that I've just regurgitated a million times. So please buy it. It's from the heart. And I'm sure there'll be a million other stories in there as well that are brilliant. Oh, and what? if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Victoria1867. Okay, cool. I don't. I don't remember pre-fooding that for you at all. But I, if you're saying that I did, I must have done. I'm sure you did. It was about two two months ago. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I can. I just echo that. Uh, I think the work that it's um, uh, Paul and Steve, isn't it? The guys that do uh, War of the Monster Trucks, and they did the yeah. old Wednesday edition, and um, it's. It's the. I mean, this is the most retro thing in the world, isn't it? Bringing back actual printed physical fanzines that smell like fanzines. It's uh, yeah, it's magical. So um, a massive, massive well done to uh, to the guys for um, for doing another new edition, which is brilliant. Uh, right over to Eddie for your farewell. Uh, yeah, it, and it might be a final farewell. I've got a, a stag do in Benidorm this weekend. Um, oh, God. I. Honestly, I don't know what to expect, but it's it's probably not going to be good, is it? Um, yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to watch the Wednesday game um, through massive beer goggles um, and and try not to finger some nan. Uh, I am at Sausage Arms on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, on all your favourite social media platforms, and I look forward to speaking to you all next week. Incidentally, what Enjoy to expect in, in Benidorm, uh, just public urination, just lots of people just pissing wherever they want is is, yeah. is my recollection of I'm, it. From, I'm down with that. From a few uh, a few years back. Uh, you can get me on You've Twitter. You've not seen my Pornhub history. So. <laughs> uh, that's what you think. Can uh, we all right. go to Benidorm? Oh, can you imagine <laughs> that? On. Bloody hell. That'd be amazing. I'd love that. James, we, we do such nice things on holiday. Imagine adding... Dan, Eddie, and Fudge and Rich into the situation. Imagine how awful it would be. Let's uh, do it. 
All right, yeah, cool. Count me in. You're, you're doing the organising for this then. Says Mr. I don't let go of the plane tickets in the airport. But just say it, just say it, that's fine. You do your sign off. <laughs> right, you can get me on Twitter <laughs> at James Marriott and at I look after the plane tickets. And um, the podcast is at TWWcast. And uh, yeah, we will see you back here. Um, just incidentally, by the way, next edition, episode number 200. <gasps> small matter of that. Thank you, Riverside Cafe on Catch Bar Lane. Absolutely. So I uh, hope you enjoyed episode 199. We'll see you back here when we reach the... What do you call it when you're in your 20s? Is it called the... There's something, the, but, the trub, troublesome, the, the troublesome twos. Is that a thing? I'm, I'm making shit up now. Aren't I? Does, that, does that count as being no. at 20s? It's like basically it's it's our bicentennial. Well, you know, this is when, you know, when this happened in in America, they there was fireworks and all sorts. We should organise yeah. something at least. Yeah, well, we're yeah, all to bed dorm, aren't we, like to uh, piss in public. Space. That's what yeah. we're going to do. There it is. <laughs> oh, can we? Right, Sticky okay. Dicky is retired. We will see you. Uh, oh we've got, yeah, we got a Sticky God. Dicky, though. We could do that, couldn't we? That could be a thing. Rusty Barber is still going strong. I could see Rich Davis just firing <laughs> ping pong balls out of his ass. That would be... Oh, no. great. Coming soon oh. to a Riverside Cafe near you, Sticky Dicky. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't think there's long. a way of ending the podcast oh. other than just, you know, we're just going to leave that image with you. And we'll see you back dicky here dicky. for episode 200. Enjoy your, Enjoy your time. Keep up to date with the Wednesday Week on Twitter at TWWcast or on our website, thewednesdayweek.co.uk. Dicky Dicky, brilliant. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.